एंड आई रीच्ड गुल अराउंड टू टू थर्टी एंड एज सुन एज आई रीच दर आई वॉज वेलकम बाई पुलिस बिकॉज गुल इज़ नॉट द प्लेस वेर यू एक्चुअली द ट्रैवलर्स गो देर दर इज़ नथिंग फॉर ट्रैवलर्स इन गुल गुल इन दैट स्मॉल विलेज and it took me almost uh, one one and a half hours to explain them that this is i am not harmful for this place because that place was actually known for terrorist hideouts welcome to intensify humanity podcast we bring the stories of ordinary human beings with extraordinary journeys they have been grinded through life in terms of extreme challenges guilt shame and things people cannot even imagine all because they made a choice or decision in life they are literally not just inspiring but intensifying humanity through unconventional ways to such an extent that other human beings are inspired and pushed to live to their highest potential in life I Sundata Sarkar your host today will bring about the story of one such human being I hope you find this episode inspirational Today we have among us a human being who ran away from home when young who went against the family and society to marry the love of his life from a different religion who gave up a career working in a job to build his own business who robbed his little son's piggy bank when he was a broke just to realize that the burden of those few coins was the heaviest in his entire life a human being who travels like a wanderer and never takes a step back to trust a stranger at the strangest of places who shares his story and teaches the world the power of storytelling a human being who is intensifying humanity through his contribution to the society and in bigger picture the world Some of his major achievements include being the TEDx speaker for 9 times, co-founder and CEO of Tekaiser Tech Solutions, which is among top 20 M health companies as per CIO review and also the winner of Digital Health Innovator of the year 2018, speaker for numerous stages like IIT, IIM, top institutions and corporates. He and his wife have also been recognized by Economic Times as promising entrepreneurs of India. He is none other than Praveen Vadalkar. Welcome, Praveen, to Intensify Humanity podcast. Thank you very much, Zoman. I think uh, I must tell you honestly, for the first time, I'm hearing so much about me. <laughs> But thank you very much for taking all these efforts, collecting this information, and uh, I think this kind of information, whenever we hear from someone else, it really encourages a lot. Thanks, Praveen. Let me ask you the first question. How do you start your day to get that energy for the entire day ahead for a busy person like you? Okay, so I'm not the guy who has a very standard pattern of starting the days. So I'm not a guy who will wake up at 6 a.m. every time or have a fixed alarm. But I live in phases. For example, um, there are few months If I have to give a very precise example, in case when I do online courses or when I develop my own online course on something else, or maybe on maybe on communication or maybe on storytelling, uh, if I'm doing that for a month, so in that month every day I will get up at six a.m. in the morning, and then I spend time with me, and then I know that I have to record now something. So for that particular month, my routine is designed to achieve the goal of that month, or maybe after that I'm doing some research. maybe after that one month i'm doing some research i am you know maybe i have i have enrolled for some online course i am doing studying so i am a guy who will study in the night so i might spend uh, 3 am <laughs> i might spend 4 am at that time i will sleep and i get up late so to be precise to your question that how i start my day ideally i want to start my day every day early in the morning <laughs> but unfortunately the kind of lifestyle i have i decide the goal and that goal decides how i will start my day were you always this kind of a person what was your childhood like and how did you become this established person like you are today my childhood now the biggest challenge for a storyteller is this because we are a storyteller we always go back on the memory lane and now we are learning the techniques of finding memories and converting those memories into stories uh 
I have so many memories from my childhood. So many. The first memory is, you know, when I was two years uh, in second standard, and my dad was in army, and uh, oh, I don't remember any memory before this in my life. No, we all have that memory, which is the first memory. Now, if you are a storyteller, you actually take efforts in going back. Otherwise, normally we all live in present or in future. We don't go back in the past. I don't know why people uh, don't like going back in the past. There's so many learnings in the past we have. I think it's our responsibility to learn from those learnings. So a, there's a difference between living in the past and learning from the past. So that is the first memory when I was in second standard and my dad, someone knocked the door. I was sitting inside the room, my, me and my brother. And my mom was cooking food. We were in a small room, a rented room. And someone knocked the door. And my mama got up and she opened the door. And I saw one army man, around six feet tall, dark army man with a big rifle. And he just uh, sat beside me. He kept the rifle beside me. And I touched the rifle first. <laughs> and uh, this is the first memory. My, you know, my dad sitting beside me with the rifle. <laughs> right? And... Uh, 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 my childhood, uh, the reason I'm sharing this with you because whenever I share about my childhood, this is, the, this is the first memory come in my mind. But there are many things about my childhood and I strongly believe that wherever we are in our life, our current, no matter where you are in your life, but your current status uh, is highly influenced. Your current behavior is highly influenced by your childhood. Sometimes we don't uh, acknowledge that fact. But that is the fact that your childhood has played a very important or is playing a very important role in your current attitude or current behavior. Unfortunately, my childhood was not that great. I will not say, you know, good or bad, but uh, if you compare me and my brother, right, we both were in the same school. And if you see me and my brother together, we are completely two different people in looks, okay. right? He's, you know, fair... Is very chubby. You will never see my chicks coming out. Right? Never. You will always see dark circles under my eyes. Uh, and uh, the reason I, I asked my mama uh, that why like this? Because we both are in same school. And when me and my brother were, when we used to go together, they used, I know, kids used to laugh, hey, black and white TV, black and white TV. <laughs> now for a child, it's very difficult. Now we are beyond colors, now we are beyond look. But for a child, it's very difficult to manage. And I asked my mother, hey, why, why, why I'm like this? And she said that, you know, Praveen, when you were my stomach, you know, we all say, the mother always say that you are in stomach. So when you were in my stomach, your dad was at border. He was in the army that in those days. And my mama was staying with my grandmother and grandfather along with 11 uh, uh, <laughs> brothers and sisters of my dad. And my dad was the only earning mom member of that family. And uh, my mom said, Praveen, uh, sometimes I used to cry even for a half, half cup of milk. And uh, I born underweight, right? I born with a very weak muscle, weak bones. And because of this, and but if you see my brother, my, when my brother was in her stomach, um, she was with my dad in army quarters. And uh, in army quarters, everything is in abundance. It's like along with your veg, non-veg, dry foods, and this and that, and everything was in abundance. So he got very good nourishment. But because of this, almost for 10 years, when me and my brother were in the same school, almost about 10 years, whenever I used to sit with, along with students, I always had that fear in my mind, hey, what if they start laughing at me now? No, you can understand that fear. So my childhood was completely under that fear, that what if people laugh at me? You know, so that is one strong memory of childhood, uh, which I should use as an answer to your question. What was my childhood was? What made you come here? You had some kind of strong emotion or goal in life that you wanted to become this established person from that kind of childhood. If you see my first TEDx talk, I have, I have explained that in, in that TEDx talk also, that uh, how long you are going to live with that fear? We all have fears, right? But how long? It's like we are not going to visit this planet again. So if you are not going to visit this planet again, then if whole life... If, you, if your decisions, if your behavior is decided by people, 
then you are not going to enjoy your life because after school when i entered in college i thought okay now school is done my brother is not there with me now right they they don't know me now i am mean, a different individual and after, uh, i thought the problem is solved but then uh, there were different problems like when i fall in love with a girl was not with my you know same caste again my mama said that what people will laugh uh, when i found my first job i thought what if people come to know that my dad is a rickshaw driver because after army when he got retired from army there was only one way because he was third standard pass and any third standard pass gentleman um, working in indian army for 15 20 years when they come back you don't have many options of job so he was he decided to become a rickshaw driver but when i got a job in one company i thought hey what if people come to know that my dad is a rickshaw driver they will laugh at me so just people laughing at you if that is your major problem then you are not going to enjoy your life but then one day i realized that are people really laughing at me i understand that kids like i have a 13 years old child now we understand they have a different uh, lifestyle their whole objective the only reason my child loves school because he he has a lot of fun there study is okay but he loves to f- have fun with kids other students so i think the childhood is over now in school and all okay kids laugh but that's okay now we are in matured world and matured world is busy once people enter into the school of life in job business these people are busy they i think they are not worried about what you are doing in your life so that people were laughing no one is laughing because of something happened in my life for last so many years when i was in ch- in childhood i had that illusion that people are laughing at me but people are busy in their life no one is laughing and somewhere that laugh i was using as a reason or excuse for not achieving my goals and dreams so that someone was not outside that someone was inside me that inside was laughing at me and i was i had that fear so i thought forget let me focus on my goals no one is laughing at me and the world is busy in your first tedx talk you took a chair where someone was written literally where did you get that idea from there's a huge difference between talking and speaking right and now what we are doing right now is just talking right but when we speak uh, the objective of speaker is to make things simple and easy for audience to digest so as a professional speaker and because i'm a student of public speaking now i understand that we ha- i have to use something maybe a prop or i have to organize my content in such a way that people understand and that's the reason i think uh, we decided that you know instead of uh, just verbalizing it let's use the props and then we use that prop of someone and uh, um, if you have seen the entire talk if you flip that uh, frame there is a mirror behind it so at the end i am saying that someone is not outside and i am showing that mirror to people that someone is inside yeah thank you so much for sharing that let me ask you bad events teach us a lot in life but what is that one good thing in your life where you got a good valuable lesson to be shared with others Yeah, that is a very interesting question because normally people only ask hey, tell me what what you have learned from your struggle yes. of course struggle uh, yeah struggle of course we learn from struggle what is the best thing which has happened in my life let me you know go back on my memory yeah. lane so the best thing which happened if i can just if i if i connect the dots you know let me repeat this so best thing which happened and if i connect the dots from school when i went to college i've told you that in school i was highly <laughs> depressed and suppressed person but when when i went to college there was a college uh, in nasik now all this was happening in nasik okay. i went to college and uh, i was low in confidence very introvert could not speak in front of people shying away from people then i made few friends almost all were boys then uh, no yeah i belong to a city where if you see a boy and girls talking together it means there is something wrong right so i belong we belong to that culture but then slow yeah then slowly slowly one girl came into that group and unfortunately that girl was from the same school where i did my schooling so i thought hey now even she will tell everything the entire my 10 year story to them and 
but that sure that girl was good her name was pooja that girl was good then one more girl came in our group so we were a group of five people two boys two girls and i five people and then one more girl came from mumbai right so i was very surprised that why a girl from mumbai come to coming to nasik and doing education later on i came to know that her parents could not afford her education in mumbai and in nasik they were getting some uh, subsidy in the hostel because they belong to a, a caste where they have the hostel in nasik and they were uh, no so they, they, she doesn't have to pay anything uh, something like that and uh, she came to our group right and she was the only girl in my college who used to wear jeans or you know maybe t-shirt i was very impressed <laughs> but uh, she was beyond my beyond my reach it's like uh, when you see astronauts no you see astronauts very good very good but beyond the capacity beyond the reach for me was she was like that but she was in our group and i don't know why she started liking me for the first time in my life uh, someone was liking me apart from my dad and mom and my brother someone was liking me and she, i don't know why she, she i don't know why she liked me and i felt hey you know a guy who was little whole entire 10 years when i heard black and white tv ugly this and that a monkey you know this kind of good good words as suddenly a girl who is beyond my even my even in my wildest dream i'm not imagining any relationship with that girl she is liking me is it wow and that has changed my perspective towards life uh if you see my schooling i failed in 9th standard in 10th i was in the range of 40 45% in 11th standard i was number 1 in my college one relationship in your life or one if you can do something unknowingly unknowingly for someone to boost his his or her confidence you never know the degree of impact that one likability i'm not even saying love we fall in love afterwards but you know uh, in groups when people start teasing you yeah. hey she likes you so and uh, i said wow and just to impress her just to match her expectation i started studying and then i was number one in college so what i've learned from this that sometimes you don't have to do uh, you don't have to take huge efforts to bring some changes in others life sometimes maybe a small effort can change the lives of others that efforts has taken by my wife <laughs> now she is my wife <laughs> in those days so to be very precise to your question that what i have learned from some good memories or good things is this and just be good with people maybe just being good with someone might change someone's life wow there are so many ways to intensify humanity you started learning english late in life at a time when people don't even think of taking up something new and you were in a job that time so from not being able to speak in english to becoming one of the best storytellers in india how did that happen mm. <laughs> see uh, when i completed my graduation in pharmacy and i did my graduation from a interior of maharashtra there's a place called loni if you know shirdi if you go further interior 28 kilometers inside you will find a place called loni and there's a rural college of pharmacy so because i did graduation in interior of maharashtra i didn't find any opportunity to there to improve my communication after that i got selected for a company called sipla yes. right we all know this is a big pharmaceutical company and uh, in those days we had almost one month training program and based upon the training program they used to tell us that where you will be posted so i was uh, because i was already out for 4 years uh, from my from my home for studying i thought they will give me nasik or maybe pune which is very close to my so i still remember that interaction with the training coordinator and she said uh, no pravin you are good uh, but your your language is very village friendly i said what do you mean by village friendly language but i indirectly i understood that they are sending me to some village so they sent me to a village called satara karad ratnagiri chiplun <laughs> now i spent few few months there there also didn't get any opportunity to uh, improve my communication because it was not required there i'm not saying i'm not against hindi english marathi but 
when it is not the requirement language is a language it's you have to learn but if you don't have that requirement of learning that language why you will spend your time energy money resources in learning that language so i was okay with my english uh, with whatever village friendly english and hindi and marathi but i was a little creative in my work and because of that i got selected for a product management team when i say selected they were just testing my uh, ability in product management there was a vacancy and uh, it was this is the first interaction with my boss right he's he was a bengali and bengali people are good in communication right and they have a, some you know uh, we used to say that whenever he is speaking in meetings we should sit with a dictionary right this kind of vocabulary so this was my first interaction with my boss my uh, i i was a you know, guy coming from village again you know chicks inside dark circle <laughs> and I, i saw my boss coming towards me and he had a big bag in his hand and uh, he said uh, pravin uh, i i asked him first so so going outside sir he said yes and he said i'm going to glasgow i said okay glasgow glasgow na amravati jilla so that was <laughs> that was my first <laughs> interaction and my boss my boss told me uh, I, he actually he, he was not my direct boss i used to report to someone else and he left to Gra- glasgow <laughs> but my immediate boss told me that provinci he has gone for a month if you really want to survive forget thriving if you want to survive in this city in this job you have one month go and join english speaking classes <laughs> you have to improve your accent you have to improve your grammar you have to improve your vocabulary so i went to a bandra I went to Bandra and uh, I went there I still remember there was a girl sitting at the reception I said I want to join classes and she said what you do I said I'm a I'm a manager in one number one company and she said we have two courses one is basic one is advanced you should take advanced uh, because this is for executives all you know 25 30 years old people will come here and this is basic where 14 years 15 years old kids will come I said I want to go for basic because I don't even remember forget the name face of my english teacher <laughs> so I joined that basic and first day some kids were sitting 14 15 years old kids sitting beside me and when we become friends after a few days they said you know day one we thought you will go on the stage and start teaching us sir I said no no I was there to <laughs> but then I realized that it's okay it's absolutely okay it's like uh, language is a skill okay because of xyz i didn't learn that skill but when it was required i learned that skill i must tell you this so uh, now because i spend a lot of time with successful people and i we learn a lot someone said that you are a average of five good people you are surrounded with right no but my learning is that if you are not good you are not good for you you good not for, for the world also because <laughs> if you are surrounding someone else if you are not good see if you are surrounded by good people you become good but if you are surrounded by bad people you <laughs> so if you are not good you are not good for the world but uh, the point i'm making is that uh, fortunately because now i'm surrounded with some good people successful people one of the biggest difference i have observed successful versus non successful successful people believe that the only reason we have spent those 20 25 years in school and college in learning something which we knew that not going to help us in our life i'm running a it company what biology and chemistry and history is helping me it's not helping me but the only reason we spent 25 is in doing that because we learn the toughest of things because we want to learn how to learn and the only re- we learn only one thing 25 years how to learn because we know once we come out in the school of life the only way to survive or thrive here is to learn every day right and that was a time in those year it was time to learn english i learned that later on i realized that i should i learn in public speaking i learned that so i'm learning so i think we have to be a learner we have to keep on finding those things which we have to learn in our life and the life is good take big big people take satyan adala i was just listening to his interview that day satyan adala he has enrolled in so many online courses why what is the need for satyan adala to learn now there's only way to survive on this planet keep learning
From entrepreneurship perspective, let me ask you, being from a pharmaceutical background, what made you start up an IT firm, Tekaiser? When me and my wife, we together, we were in pharma. Together we started this business. And uh, we were in product management team, in marketing team, in pharma. And uh, we could see the world was changing. I was talking, I'm talking about now year 2010 and 11, where there was a big dot-com boom. World was changing, like Nokia.com, Shadi.com. Everyone was launching dot-com and every, every segment was changing. Uh, we were not standing in banks for queue. We were going using ATM. Everything was changing. Ticketing was changing. Entertainment was changing. Pharma was same. Marketing was same. And even we had challenges. In pharma marketing, we had challenges. When I was in marketing, I had, no, later on, I had a very good relationship with my that Bengali boss, by the way. <laughs> and the only thing which he appreciated because he thought, okay, this guy, he understood where is the problem. He is working hard on that problem. And uh, I got very good support from him because most of my marketing campaigns were tech campaigns. So I, I used to adopt technology even in my marketing campaigns. But I used to struggle in those days because there were very few people who were actually providing and understanding our needs. So I thought there's an opportunity. There's an opportunity because the way world is changing, even pharma should change. And the whole idea, we blended that expertise of our pharma marketing. My inclination towards technology, we thought we can blend this. And then we started this company, which is providing a technological support to pharma marketing. So we are, even though we are working for 75 pharma companies, we are working almost in 13 countries now, but our niche is still pharma. We want to use technology for healthcare. I'm sure you had many challenges in your journey of this entrepreneurship, but what is that one big challenge you faced while starting this startup and you thought that uh, we should give up? See, Takaiser is not our first business. Okay. I was obsessed with .com, mm -hmm. right? I, I wanted to start something .com. So we launched a website called pharmavacancy.com. Mm -hmm. Now, pharmavacancy.com was a website where uh, people can uh, log in. When I say people, I'm talking about uh, medical representatives and salespeople, they can log in. And after logging in, they can apply to jobs or apply for jobs or they can upload jobs. Managers can upload jobs. So it's a vacancy portal like we have a knockery.com, but it was my niche was pharmavacancy.com. And I had spent all my almost 10 years of earnings and learnings, right, including uh, my wife, Dolly. So we together quit the job and we started this business, pharmavacancy.com, which doesn't exist now. And uh, almost 20 years of collective learnings and earnings we poured in building this platform. So it took me almost six to seven months to actually convert that idea into a business. I will not say business, into a portal. And uh, we exhausted with all our money, including our PF account, PF, everything, our savings and everything. And the website was ready. And uh, there were only one person who was aware about this website was me. No one in the world. And we had no idea about marketing also, that how do we market this website? And we are not doing good. And we stopped that business. And there's a reason we st why we stopped that business. I still remember that incident. Uh, my wife came to me, and it was the end of, end of the month, around 29th, 30th. It was a very small office. Now to today we have two facilities, and if you take any conference room of this facility, it will be smaller than that conference room. And uh, we were looking towards each other, and around four to five people were sitting. They, were, they used to call people for CVs and all. And the only question which we had, a mu very mute question in, in eyes that these four to five people were sitting now, uh, how we are going to give salaries this month? And uh, there was no option of giving salaries, like cash flow was poor, understanding of business was poor. And uh, she came to me and she said, Praveen, uh, uh, there is one very important meeting in Bandra, you should go for that meeting. I said, yes, I will go for that meeting. And uh, then after that, my my office was, if you go to any society, you will find galas in housing societies. My office was there, very close to my home. So I decided, uh, okay, let me go home and uh, first uh, take my bag. I reached home and then I realized that I need at least 20 rupees 
to buy a ticket to go to Bandra because if you take a local train, we need at least 20 rupees. So I opened the door. Uh, and my son was sitting down there. He was six years old. He was sitting down. And I started searching for the 20 rupees in the hall first. Here, there. I didn't get that. Then I went to kitchen. Now, if you know, in India, we keep here, there, in that box, in this box. So I started searching 20 rupees there. I didn't get it. Then I opened the door of my bedroom and today also if you come to my bedroom it is still there you will see a you know, very small round yellow color piggy bank of my six years old son and for a moment i thought yes there is 20 rupees in this bank and i was standing here where if i can turn this side i could see my son sitting there and I, if i turn this side i could see that piggy bank and i slightly closed the door from inside and that day i robbed that 20 piggy bank for that 20 rupees and I had those pocket, you know, 20 rupees in my pocket and uh, was walking, going towards the railway station. And that was the one of the heaviest walk I've ever taken in my life because I thought I can't go below this now. What else a father robbing a piggy bank of his own six years old son? I can't go below this. Then I had two options that day. One, take a phone and call my boss because when I was leaving my boss said Praveen you are taking the decision in haste you are doing working well I was working in a multinational company I left that job when I started this he said doors are always open for you whenever you think you want to come back just give me a call so I thought let me call my boss and ask him that is the door still open for me or continue this entrepreneurship journey and the evening me and my wife were sitting together we said this business is going nowhere it's like we started a dot-com company where we wanted to have a, you know, all automation. You know, we thought that thousands of people will come. It's, it's, we are just working like any other recruitment agency. And that day we decided to stop this business. We said this business is not good. This business is not correct. And that day we accepted that we failed in this business. And there were various reasons of failing in that business. The first reason because we were first generation entrepreneurs and first generation entrepreneurs get obsessed with the product. They don't get obsessed with the business dynamics. They don't know what is ROI. They don't know what is operational cost. They don't know that even they have 10 people, the cost of AC and light and tea, they don't count this cost when they actually make an operational cost sheet. And this is the problem of first generation entrepreneurship. But by that time we had lost everything everything we had sold each and everything even like fridge refrigerator washing machine to manage the salaries of those people we had nothing at that point of time and we said we fail we accepted that failure but then one more thing which we have accepted that day that failing is okay if you are not failing in your life it means you are not doing something which is beyond your capacity my dad was a rickshaw driver he came she came to nasik just because her dad could not afford her education so you can understand her level of you know what finance financial background so we thought it's okay we failed we were trying something which is beyond a capacity but that doesn't mean that we have to take a u-turn let's see what what we have and then we realized that a biggest strength is marketing and we were in marketing why we are not starting something which we can provide technology to marketing and that gave birth to Takaiser. And then we started with one very simple software first. We started giving that option to product managers. They liked it. And then slowly, 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 now we have a team of around 150 people. And we work for more than 75 pharmaceutical companies. Nowadays, so many startups are coming up, but many fail during the first four to five years. And since you are so much experienced in this entrepreneurship journey, what is that one message you would like to give to those new startups coming up so that they can stand firm come what may in any situation see even as per oxford survey uh, more than 95 percent startups they they fail within five years now there are various reasons right? but um, one of the most common reasons i have observed is this that people become obsessed with the product when we have an idea, right? Idea is nothing but a solution to an irritation or problem. 
when i was in product management team i i was getting irritated because uh, no vendors were helping me no tech companies were coming and helping me i was that was irritation i thought hey can i solve if i am getting irritated it means there's a lot of others who are getting irritated so let me solve that irritation um many people they believe that the idea which they have in their mind is actually solving some problem or irritation but sometimes that's an illusion that's an illusion first you have to see whether the problem really exists or not unless and until you don't first prove that yes problem exists irritation is there that is not a sellable product but what happens because you are completely sold out especially a first generation entrepreneurs or young people because they believe that this product is such, such a good and you know maybe it can change the world they get obsessed with it but even if you have the world's best product or world's best solution if your marketing is not correct you cannot win the key is understanding the marketing and marketing itself is a different subject so to be very precise to your question one of the key reasons why people fail in startup is because they don't focus on marketing they focus only on product mm-hmm. same thing i did in pharma vacancy also for one year i've spent entire year on product but when it comes to marketing if today if i launch that website i will do far better because today i understand the importance of marketing also but in those days only product another area of your life is traveling so you are a hardcore solo traveler could you share one experience which has opened your mind like anything and made you realize that yes you can handle anything in life come what may so i run this uh, web series called game of trust okay. right so and uh, it's a very simple rule that you travel and you meet people strangers and you trust them blindly so i was playing this game of trust in jammu and kashmir and uh, i had a talk in iit jammu iim jammu and after i am jammu talk i thought i should go to a place called patni top someone told me uh, someone someone from my friend he told me that patni top is a good place so when i was going to patni top now in my when i travel as a solo traveler and i play this game if in the middle of the travel if someone is suggesting a stranger suggesting me that you should go to there you should go there not there i will follow because that's how the game of trust is you just follow strangers blindly you eat what they give you you go where they want you to go so i met a guy and he said you should go to gul now gul i've never heard this place gul g double o l and i said uh, what's there he said it's a very good place and uh, he said we i'm going to gul we can go together he said uh, how long from here now this is all a conversation with a stranger he said it will take at least 7 to 8 hours to reach gul now a bus which is going to gul the same bus is going to patni top also and patni top is around 1 to 2 hours away and this is 7 to 8 hours away so i said okay let's go to gul and in the i don't know what happened in the middle of the journey even we even within half an hour we still not reached patni top he said don't come to gul today come to gul tomorrow uh and he was speaking in kashmiri on phone with someone i thought what happened now it's like suddenly the guy was telling me that let's come go to gul and why he's saying that i said okay so i reached um, uh, and then he said that you should get down here so you can go to patni top now in my game of trust what i do i take uh, videos of all these key small small moments so if you see if you go on youtube you can actually see this video i and this guy traveling in a bus and i reaching patni top so i reached patni top and in the morning i had option one uh, continue my travel or go to gul and i said it's a game of trust i have to accept i have to go to gul so in the morning i decided to go to gul and reaching gul is one of the toughest thing which i can have one of the toughest roads i have traveled in my life is like one slight wrong turn and it's gone right very tough roads of himalaya um and i reached gul around 2230 and as soon as i reached there i was welcomed by police because gul is not the place where you actually the uh, the travelers go there there's nothing for travelers in gul gul in, in that small village and it took me almost uh, one one and a half hours to explain them that this is i'm not harmful for this place because that place was actually known for terrorist hideouts 
so i said i'm not you know just to explain them you know i'm just traveling here like this and when i when i was out from that police uh, i thought let me give a call to that person for whom i have come here and when i called him he said hey uh, good we have come but unfortunately there was some family emergency and i had to leave right now i was alone at goal and i started searching for a small uh, stay and there was no stay because there was no hotel no guest house and uh, i fortunately i found a place where normally workers live there you know if you see in villages small small workers so i found a place there and i slept till 4:30 i slept and got up at 9 9:30 and by 9 9:30 when i was i came on the road the video was on one car came around 9:30 and there is a the last thing one you should do at that place going on the road 9:30 was completely silence no no one was there absolute silence no one was there on the road and one car came and he stopped beside me and he said sit down in the car now that particular second was the one of the most frightest moment of my life because i had two option one play a game of trust sit or second run from there but i was playing a game of trust i have to trust him so i sat down in the car right and the camera was on so if you see in the youtube Uh, there is a there's a scene where i'm sitting in the car and you can see actually we are driving and uh, i asked him where are we going he said you know sit down sit down sir sit down sit down and he said just something like this and we reached a tea stall now i know the same tea stall when i came in when i got out from the police station there is the same tea stall where i had tea and he said we reached that tea stall and i could see inside the tea stall the tea stall was a, on close from outside with the inside the tea stall this this tea person was sitting there and they were just enjoying party and we entered inside and he said actually in the afternoon when we had, when you had tea here he called me and he said there is a stranger there is a traveler from outside we don't know where he will stay can you accommodate him he's you know having tea here but by the time you know i came you were not there and when when i saw you in the night i can easily say yeah this is the guy he, my friend was talking about and then we had some good time there we had party and this person was the the guy who asked me to sit in the car he is actually from a fire brigade they took me to he took me to his home and uh, whole two days i was with them in the morning they took me to mountains and there's a separate video where we had uh, this tea tea person this fire brigade guy and i we are sitting in the mountains and we are talking about you know our philosophies and understanding of life we had a beautiful time but uh, imagine i not sitting in that car okay now there's a different ways of taking this uh, what i strongly believe whenever i share game of trust people say that uh, you know you should not trust blindly like this see if you're meeting wrong people in case if you are going and standing at india pakistan border and you say nothing will happen with to me then that's wrong but if you are meeting normal people most of the people are like you and me good people i don't see any problem uh, trusting strangers unless you are putting yourself in a very wrong situation it was one of an intense experience i must say the central theme of your videos your messages have been trust strangers and i can relate to it since i myself am a solo traveler and whenever i travel i connect with people whom i don't know i go to places which i don't know in a world which is full of inhibitions about safety about trusting people why do you think trust is so important i'm also scared in trusting people uh, i will not say that uh, trusting people for me is very easy in most of my game of trust i've played more than 30 35 times now most of the time even for a moment even i thought shall i or shall i not but uh, i'm not talking about just trusting strangers if you're not trust if you don't have a habit of trusting people forget strangers your colleagues i've seen people not trusting colleagues not trusting colleagues you know parents not trusting family, kids in family within the families right. i've i've seen that so when we do something exaggerated in life right for example if you are doing something very exaggerated for example when I, when we teach public speaking we help them to improve their vocal variety mm. right in vocal variety we help them to in, improve their tone and in tone the easiest way to improve tone is to take one line 
and do exaggerated expression when you are angry when you are happy and this so when you do this exaggerated expression when you go on the stage even the average of this is enough to impress people so even the average of 50% of what you have done exaggerated when you do on the stage when that is enough to bring that actual tone same thing with trust if you have a habit of trusting strangers you will not pro- face a problem of trusting your own people in this world right so it's more for me i think because what i strongly believe if trusting people is risky those people who believe that trusting is risky then not trusting people is even more risky when you don't trust people you don't build relationship and when you don't build relationship it's gone there's a study in harvard university which is a which is the world's longest study on human kind on human happiness 75 years long study and it says it's not money it's not fame your relationship keep us happy and healthy but you don't build relationship you can't if you don't trust people you can't build relationships only right so i think for me the trust is more here in your personal and professional life rather than strangers beautiful and if i can add to it then it would be like when you trust someone you level up intensifying humanity because trust is the basis of all relationships you also sent your little son alone for a trek were you not afraid as a father to send him like that and what age was he at that time his first himalayan trek was dharwad top which is almost 12000 feet and he was along with adults he was the youngest and there's a long story not a long but there's a good story behind it and because when he was living uh, i was not very confident that he will touch the summit because for a 10 years old child going 12000 feet was difficult but he said dad i will do it and uh, when i came i i i remember i going to pick him up from airport and we were coming back and i asked him hey have you done this trek he said yes dad uh, i have done uh, i told me i asked him tell me more about it he said actually on ninth day when we were at the base camp i got fever now next day morning they were next day morning they were supposed to go for a peak and um, previous night he got fever so i said then what you did he said i went to my instructor and my instructor said see that 25 people here out of which only 7 to 8 people are going to get up in the morning and going for summit all will be there down you stay with them don't worry we'll go for peak remaining people will come back and then we'll go down and uh, i said okay so then what happened next he said uh, but i got up 6 am in the morning and i decided to go for summit i said why he said dad one thing which we have learned i will not say these are the exact words he said but if i have to put it in correct perspective he said one thing which i have learned from from this you know from dad and mom is if decision made decision made when we started this journey it was my decision that i will go for the summit there is no logic of i playing for a semi final i winning the semi final reaching that and not playing for final if the decision was made decision was made i did that so but i always tell them is like go meet people be safe of course no problem but if you are going in the train don't have that he is the stranger i will not speak meet people talk to them you always safe yes if you are in a wrong place just i always give this analogy is like if you are standing at india pakistan border and you will say nothing will happen to me that's a wrong place <laughs> but if you are along with surrounded by good people what's what's wrong trust people speak to them yeah i think the first thing parents should do uh, should stop doing is stop uh, uh, teaching values to kids you can't teach values to kids you have to show values through yourself absolutely and you you don't have to sh- tell them hey see now see now i'm going to show you you have to just behave uh, and this is what i've learned from sachin tendulkar's mother you know sachin tendulkar's mother was she's very rarely she she goes on the stage and someone someone asked her his mother that how this is possible a millionaire billionaire people consider him as a god and we have heard that even if he meeting a rickshaw driver he he speaks with a lot of respect mm-hmm. what kind of values you have given to him and how you have given that value and she said in one line 
that we can't give value. They pick values from family. They just pick value. We can't give them. So you have to just behave. They will automatically pick what they want to pick. That's profound. What is your favorite book till date? The Noticer. What is that one ritual that you follow every day for your well-being? Drinking water. Till now, you have done so many speaking engagements. Which one is your personal best? IIT Kharagpur. Who is your idol or role model? Dhananjay Tarachi in speaking. What would Praveen Vadalgar be if not an entrepreneur? Well, that's an interesting question, but first I need to understand the premises of the question or either, rather I should agree to the premises of the question. Because what I believe that one thing can't be your life. Entrepreneurship is just one aspect of my life. Professional speaking is one aspect of my life. I love mountains. I'm HMI certified mountaineer. I run half marathon in less than two hours. I'm a half marathon running, runner. So that is one aspect of my life. I love to write books. I've written three books. So author is one aspect of my life. I love to train people to improve their stage communication. So mentoring is one aspect of my life. I love my family. So family man is one aspect of my life. One thing can't be your life. What I believe that what I'm trying my best to learn is to live in that moment and enjoy that moment and give your best in that particular moment. Maybe these are just few colors of my life, but one thing can't represent me. One thing can't be everything for me. Hope I've answered your question, by the way. What specific message you want to give to our listeners? So the only one message which according to me is one of the most important is if you are not failing in your life then there's something wrong see if life is a game there is no game where you only win if you are if someone listening to this has never failed always won always won always when there's something wrong it means you are not trying something which is beyond your capacity because whenever we try something beyond our capacity we fail so you have to fail. You have to struggle. If you're not doing that, you might not be doing justice with the this visit on this planet. And I'm very sure no one is going to visit this planet again. Right? Number one. And number two is this, which is one of my biggest relief uh, line that whenever I am in stress, if I face problem or something like this, I say this line to me and I feel so relaxed in a minute. In a second, I feel relaxed. And that line is this, that Praveen, don't worry. You're going to die one day. <laughs> Everything's going to finish. Relax. Uh, this is the moment. Give your best. Enjoy. Now, enjoy doesn't mean that you have to go to Goa every time. Enjoy means give your best at that point of time. I really enjoyed speaking with you, Praveen. And I'm sure our listeners too would have enjoyed the same. Thank you so much for sharing your experiences, your stories with us. Thank you. Thank you for tuning into my show. That was Praveen Vadalgar, someone who saw opportunities in the lowest points in his life, turned them into a dream come true situation and intensify humanity to the best possible extent. I hope you found this episode inspirational.